0: If you could share one big idea to change the future of education, what would it be? In our One Big Idea series on Future of School, the podcast, we'll hear from a diverse array of education stakeholders, from parents and educators to longtime industry leaders who will share their bold proposals to transform teaching and learning in the United States. Together, we'll amplify one another's unique perspectives, consider new solutions, and above all, make sure every voice is included in the conversation. Welcome to another episode of our Future of School podcast miniseries, One Big Idea, where we are hearing incredibly creative ideas from educational visionaries. Today, we're joined by Rudy Flores. Rudy has over 30 years experience in education as a teacher, principal, superintendent, and he's taken those years of experience to become a leader at Translate Education. Rudy, it's great to have you with us today.
1: Amy, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So talk to us about your one big idea related to education transformation.
1: Well, I will tell you, the big idea is probably a shared idea among many in the education field for a long time, um, but it comes really from the source of need and what we're going to probably see coming out of this pandemic as well. Um, You know, there's a significant shortage of teachers to begin with, but then when you start getting into the classifications of endorsements and specifications of SPED credentials and any of the clinical supports that go into there, it is really a difficult thing for school districts to find the right personnel and find them quickly. Um, As a national company, we provide services coast to coast and we're even challenged and sometimes we're able to move folks from one part of the country to another to provide these services but yet um, you know they run into the challenges of not having any kind of national credential that is portable to to make it work for them and make the uh, transfer easy so we, we've been trying to work with them to get that done but it is definitely something that's a challenge i think uh, you know from a national certification perspective we've got 3.7 million teachers and less than 3% of them have that credential. And even when they do, it's, uh, you know, it's a bit of a challenge for them to make a potential transfer, even sometimes a state over. So reciprocities exist, but uh, not in the best way possible. So I think knowing that it's a national challenge, we really should be looking for a national solution.
0: Yeah, that's a really important point, especially now that we're hearing about summer approaches and we're hearing that, you know, some educators aren't going back to the classroom, leaders aren't going back. We're hearing about the attrition that's happening. So would your, in an ideal world, pie in the sky, would your big idea be reciprocity among states with, you know, under the umbrella of of a national of national licensure?
1: Yeah, correct. You know, there's already a system put in place. The National Board Certification has put that option in there. It's uh, you know, it's something where uh, unfortunately 30 to 40% of the teachers that attempt it pass it and the rest do not. And that's probably what accounts for its very low numbers. So, it's in place. Um the difficulty I think uh, is lent from the fact that it, you know, it, it costs just sort of short of $2,000 to do it. And with that pass rate, you know, it's kind of a big risk for some to take. It's broken up into four segments and, you know, they're each close to about 500, a little bit less um, to do that. And and they have to be consecutively done and completed for that to work. So my hope is that we start looking at that from a national perspective and allowing some sort of endowment or a grant Mm -hmm. or something funded, particularly coming out of the stimulus to see if we could use that. It is a issue that I have seen come up more and more with our customers. You know, and it's even a challenge for us. And we have a, a very deep bench in terms of candidates um, with our national pool. But that's really why some of our customers come to us, because it's not there. And, and I've just been watching the, the situation get worse and more difficult as time has gone on. And it's really a time for, for, I think, all of us to start talking about how we can make that easier for teachers, because not only are they tired, not only are they frustrated, but, uh, you know, the portability of their services is sometimes very limited because of this challenge.
0: Yes, and when we hear things in the news about either, you know, whether it's teacher strikes or teacher shortages, you know, when we hear about that, we don't oft hear of the solutions. We hear of the problem. So bringing this to the stage, center stage to talk about this is a solution. And it's not only a, a big idea in theory, it's one that exists that we need to figure out how do we make it more accessible? How do we leverage what's already being done to help support and protect this field? that if you don't have these mechanisms in place, then educators will leave. If, you know, mobility across the country is another piece that's, that the pandemic has brought on, people moving closer to their families or moving out of different areas. And if educators want to transfer from one state to another, can we make that easier for them?
1: Absolutely correct. And I think one of the big places we can start, Amy, is in the virtual market. You know, there is, uh, there's going to be, there's going to be a virtual market at least for the next two years um, for either the scarcity of staff, but I think also the selection process that parents and students are going to make about what they're what they're going to feel comfortable with. Right now, even though with the return to school, you will survey some of our customers and, and if you talk with the rest of the, the country, they're only seeing about half of their students really return full-time. And that's when you're you're providing a full-time service. This is Monday through Friday sort of thing. I'm not including the hybrids and the others. Those are even less, but, you know, you're not having everybody attend. So the anticipation, um, even from some early surveys that are being done now about what the return rate will be next year, is there's pretty large percentages of students that want to stay remote. And if you can't come up with that solution, you know, readily available, kids are going to you know, they're going to vote with their feet and they're going to go somewhere else where they're provided. So if we know this is a national problem in person, maybe we can start working on it from a virtual perspective and, and allowing some of these teachers who probably won't feel comfortable returning back to work, but have the expertise we need in other states that are really struggling. Maybe those are the states or those are the locations where we can start first to ease up some of those, those requirements. You know, if you're teaching SPED and you have 20 years of experience coming out of California, but you need to move somewhere else, maybe that option should be made available to you, at least for an interim period of time.
0: Yes, absolutely. And you hit on another great point, important point around withdrawals. As students are learning and families are learning about different options, different school types, and, you know, learning about where their child will learn the best. And they may not, like you said, return to that local school, it's, I think it's important that our, you know, people recognize collectively that the majority of school budgets go to staffing and payroll. So if your schools and districts are being forced to make difficult decisions around, do they keep the electives teachers? Do, you know, how, how do we manage our budget when we're losing enrollments? Correct.
1: Correct.
0: So, Correct. Yeah. And starting in the virtual space makes, it makes good sense because those programs are in place There is a lot, there's just built in mobility. I was talking to a parent yesterday whose child is in Spanish in Colorado and their Spanish teacher lives in Kansas and it is her son's favorite teacher that he's ever had in his life.
1: Correct. Absolutely. I I totally agree with you. And so that's my recommendation is, is that, you know, without being able to solve that very big problem, that big idea that I think everybody does think about, but it seems so monstrous that you just don't want to work on it we can start working on it from the virtual perspective Mm -hmm. figure out a way to maybe break down the certification make it more accessible less expensive for a virtual setting and allow allow states to utilize that at least in the interim um, as they come up with better solutions so um, you know as an organization like yours and like mine I think we need to continue to promote it at least to the powers that be so that they can hear that I don't think districts would want to not have that conversation, it's just, you know, as a single district asking for that to sort of help, it kind of falls on deaf ears, hmm. but lot of organizations that can, you know, represent that view from a national perspective, like yours and, and ours, I think are the, you know, are the ones that can start that uh, that conversation with, with those that can make the decisions and, and move that along.
0: Absolutely, and that's the goal of this mini-series, is to elevate and amplify fantastic, powerful, passion-driven ideas, like you shared with us today, so we really appreciate your time and the work that you do because the average district up until the pandemic you know they had different ed tech providers and resources but the pandemic definitely showed our country the need to provide services for schools and districts and high quality too i mean the last time i checked there was over 5000 ed tech tools at the market and what we heard last year school leaders say was we don't even know where to start we're having all these people come to us selling us literacy software or trying to provide us with this service we don't even know where to start and we don't know where long-term needs are going to be and we're at a very important point right now where there's funding for those resources that then can be you know long-term solutions and and that's the work that you're leading at chance light so thank you
1: that's correct. Well, we appreciate it. You know, it's been uh, a mission of ours for 45 years. And given uh, the situations coming out of this pandemic, I think uh, Chancellor is going to be able to help school districts across the country be able to navigate that from the curriculum need to the staffing needs to solving the situations that come out of compensatory deficits because you just don't have those resources. Chancellor always provides a solution.
0: Great. Thank you so much for being with us today, Rudy. Thank you for listening to Future of School, the podcast. What's your one big idea to transform education? Connect with us on social media or on our website, www.futureof.school to share. And if you're one of our listeners enjoying the podcast on Apple, we hope you'll consider leaving a five-star review to help more people find the show.